0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Three Levels Deep. I'm Santo, and I'm here today with Alex. Hello, I'm Alex. And Matt. Howdy, I'm Matt. And, you know, as always, if you ever want to uh, get in contact with us, you can reach us via email, threelevelsdeep at outlook.com, or DM us on Twitter, at threelevelsdeep. So, you know, just in case you want to engage with us, as far as what we're engaging with, I have been engaging with Fire Emblem Engage. And, oh boy, where do you even start? I, I streamed a little bit of it on release day. You two uh, dropped in at various
1: times yeah, to uh, see the plot. Uh, I, I dropped in to see the entire plot, in fact. <laughs> uh, the entire end- setup of the
0: game, exposited over a cutscene that made my uh, Switch screen dim twice.
1: Yeah, it was like I was being info-dumped at by someone who was artistically obsessed with the uh, plot of the game. That's what the cutscene felt like.
0: Yeah, so yeah. So Fire Emblem Engage, the latest Fire Emblem game came out. I played about 10 hours of it, and I'll, I'm just going to, like, you know, TLDR right now, th- the three levels deep review. Uh, I stopped playing it. And that's saying something for me, considering that I will power through games that I hate. But
1: oh not, my only, God. not only that, but I think you've basically played every Fire Emblem game with the maybe exception of some of the niche Japanese titles.
0: So, I, yes, I haven't played uh, four and f- I've played four. I tried a little bit of five, but five is some bullshit. So whatever. So, yeah, the only ones I haven't played are four and two, which they They did make a remake of two and released that in the West. Like the um, 3DS one, yeah. But if it's anything like the um, DS remakes of number one and number three, uh, I'm not entirely uh, thrilled about how that's going to be because the remakes of one and three, they they cleaned it up a little bit, but there was still too much, you know, NES strategy game design in there that uh, they they were pretty rough. Especially the remake of one. Remake of three was a little bit better. Uh, but like, I don't know if you've ever played Alex. If you ever checked out like Famicom Wars or anything like that, but the map design of that game oh. was atrocious. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Famicom Wars is it's pretty. It's it's not great. Yeah, Super Famicom Wars was not kind of interesting, but yeah, they had some before, interesting things. Before that, I think it was it was pretty rough. Mm-hmm. I frankly, I was actually just impressed that they were even able to get a turn-based strategy game on the NES at all. Really?
0: Yeah, but they did. Yes. So Fire Emblem, you know, this series has extended back to the NES. I don't even. It's like over over twenty years of history, and they tap into that in this game where you have these like rings that you can equip on your units that allow them to be like paired up with old Fire Emblem characters, which they keep doing this. They keep like harkening back to Fire Emblem history. With like being able to use all these Fire Emblem characters, like you know, Fire Emblem Awakening, you could have old characters, Fire Emblem Heroes, you know, Gotcha Game characters throughout okay. everything. At same least with, it
2: makes sense there.
0: Yeah, Fire Emblem Warriors, same thing. Smash Bros. You can you can have a full eight-player match of all Fire Emblem characters in Smash Bros. If you wanted to. That's how many there are in there. There's no
2: other franchise you could do that with in Smash. Maybe Mario,
0: depending oh, on yeah. what you count as Mario. Yeah. It's like Mario. But even the Luigi, game differentiates Mario, Wario as someone else. Peach Daisy. Yoshi. Yoshi has different music on stages, so he doesn't count. <laughs> Bowser Jr. Uh, there might be one I'm missing, but you, yeah, Fire Emblem is insane. So they keep, you know. Pulling on these old Fire Emblem games, but with each successive game, they've been getting away from what Fire what makes Fire Emblem good, and that's the first thing is that um, these paired units are way overpowered. They're insanely overpowered. Like one of the pairs gives your character plus five movement when it's activated,
1: Plus five. So just doubles five. it, so you can just like
0: run across the entire stage. Other one, another one lets you warp to another spot on the stage and unleash a huge magic attack on enemy. Another one like does an area of effect attack, which doesn't exist in fire. Emblem for the most part, at least not on the player side. So, Oh, and the, the last one I got before I stopped, uh, was you could activate and recover all HP for all of your units. Whoa. At the cost of reducing the unit that did the, uh, recovery, you, their HP will be reduced down to one, but who cares? <laughs> you just get well, some other you, healer to heal them back up.
1: Yeah, you can just yeah. heal them.
0: Yeah, and so these like these like super moves you can use once when your characters are engaged.
1: So, you know, one question I have is: is this limited, or are these abilities unlimited use? So you can,
0: you can use them once per transformation. Transformation lasts for three turns. And uh you gain transformation points by defeating enemies you need to defeat a fair amount to transform again, or go to a spot on the map, which refills all your transformation points instantly. so oh uh, yeah, you can but usually that like...
1: like that seems like it kind of goes against one of the sort of core mechanics of Fire Emblem, which is that powerful weapons typically have fewer uses, so you have to yeah. ration it. Right especially yeah. especially if you're on the higher difficulties, you have to be really concerned about like, okay, I just got this killing edge. Do I even want to use this killing edge right now? because I only get to use it a certain number of times exactly that, that's, but... that's a core like that's a core like kind of consideration like throughout the campaign of a Fire Emblem game. It, it yeah sounds this like
0: game, this game also removed weapon durability. Oh okay uh... <laughs> so at least at least they didn't do what fates did. Because Fates also remove weapons' durability. And to balance that, they just made, like, the higher tier weapons have drawbacks that were, like, up kind of a pain in the ass. This game uh, does the same kind of weapon weight system that other Fire Emblems use, where heavier weapons will uh, dock your speed. Unless you have a specific stat raised high enough to offset the weight. In this case, there's a stat called Build. Which, you know, characters that are, like, big, heavy... Uh, you know knights with big lances like they have a lot of build whereas you know yeah your little your like mages or whatever have fairly low build so at least there is that but it's still like it the game just doesn't feel balanced right now from from what i played because you uh, now i will say that you can change these rings to different characters like every map if you wanted to uh so you can you can kind of mix and match. That's like maybe a little bit interesting, but that this entire system it takes away one of the cores of Fire Emblem to me, which is the individuality of the units, where like each unit is supposed to have you know it's their defined role, so that you can you know do your do your tactics stuff. You can do your strategy at the beginning. It's like okay, I've got you know these high movement characters over here. These are the only ones I have, so I'm kind of stuck with them. And each of my high-movement characters has strengths and weaknesses. Pegasus knights fly over terrain, but they get shot by arrows. But with this, it's like, okay, I, I had a map where I just gave the plus-five movement to my, like, extremely defensive knight and just, like, sent them forward. And had everybody, just, all the enemies just, like, ram themselves into them. And it was nothing. It was a nothing map. Like, I didn't have to make any decisions because, you know, it just kind of broke the entire thing. And Fire Emblem isn't a game where there's a lot of broken stuff usually. Like a lot of role-playing games you can exploit the hell out of them, but Fire Emblem's mechanics and systems are so simple and so like immutable by you most of the time that you can't really do that. Like unless you have roll a lot of good level ups on a unit, just have a really good unit that can tear through a difficult map, like
1: That's kind of all the game really has. You know exactly like, it, I agree. if if the game if you can just level up a unit or or all i uh, give an item to a unit that makes the unit incredible so yeah you, know, you have a unit it's incredibly tanky it's it, it can move really far it does a lot of damage it's just this like like sometimes you might get like maybe a, a super beefy knight can kind of get there uh but even then it's pretty limited uh in terms of how you can like you, you just don't ha- you just don't get units like that in in numbers in fire yeah, not, not and if in you have older games no yeah and if you but if you had a bunch of units that are that are like that it's just like the game is just so like it's not a challenge and then you're like well what, what am i even doing i'm just i'm just shuffling things around always winning and not having any sort of challenge whatsoever. That's it's the cake. whole point of the game. Like, the story is not the draw in Fire Emblem, okay? Like, I could see some people saying, like, oh, RPG mechanics are just kind of like, you know, the battle's, like, not really super crazy in general. And like, yeah, okay, but, like, at least some RPGs are kind of, like, more interesting, and there's, like, overworld stuff, and there's, like, optimization, like, kind of like build optimization. And, like, yeah, Fire Emblem has that, but, like, Fire Emblem's really about just the tactical gameplay of it, these units go here. It's these taking the strategy
0: out of the turn-based strategy. Exactly, that's been my problem with the last few. Like uh, Fates and Awakening, their pair-up system did the same thing in a, way, in a lot of ways where you just made one unit that had really big sats and in a game like Fire Emblem where every interaction is subtraction based, that messes everything up. Like if you give a character a plus five defense because you paired them up Suddenly, you're taking three damage every attack instead of eight. Like your character's not going to die. That's just a
1: simple fact. You know the funny thing is, I actually enjoyed Awakening, but I didn't use that mechanic at all. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I did not. And I did not actually find the game to be like noticeably harder or or easy like. Like it unlike, seemed... unlike the
0: really hard difficulties, like you're basically forced to use that mechanic. But on normal and hard, and even like most of the levels on hard, you you don't have to use it at all.
1: Yeah, I think I only. I mean, I think I only played the game on normal and hard.
0: Hmm. But uh, speaking of awakening, this game is so much of it is like awakening, because the the entire like core setup of the plot is a lot like awakening, uh, where Your main character is this character that has amnesia, of course. Uh. They did that again. Such a good plot device. Um, And they've been asleep for a thousand years and don't remember anything. And there's a little glimpse of like a flashback where it looks like your character may have been evil at some point.
1: Uh, Oh, just you mean like in Awakening?
0: Yeah. Yeah, just like how Robin is... Theoretically, like the Dark Dragon reborn or whatever, but just doesn't have his memories, so he's not evil. Uh, and you know, you've got these retainers and stuff, and they're annoying as hell. And a Jagan, yeah, of course. <laughs>
1: I, I identified the Jagan as soon as he showed his face. I was yeah. like, "That's the Jagan."
0: And then, like immediately, your like mother figure just dies, just <laughs> like just like an awakening. And then they introduce like. You know, this evil-ish empire that's trying to revive the Dark God with a lady with extremely big tits and very revealing clothing, just like Awakening. (laughs) (laughs) Using all these old characters from these old Fire Emblem games, just like Awakening. Like They're really doubling down on the fact that, okay, Awakening sold really well and brought Fire Emblem back from the brink, so let's just do that again. And I maintain that the reason that Awakening did as well as it does is, be, is it did because, is because the 3DS had no games at that point. It was one of the f- few, like, big-ticket, or in my opinion, big-ticket, like, Nintendo releases early in that system's lifespan. The 3DS has an amazing catalog now that's been out for so long. But remember, like, they had to cut the price early on the 3DS because it wasn't selling because it had no games. And then did that ambassador program where they gave free virtual console games to a bunch of people
2: and soon enough it'll have no games again yes <laughs>
0: <laughs> which reminds me i gotta go buy a project cross zone 2 uh, <laughs> after seeing that that screenshot you posted of uh <laughs> phoenix right Ma- goro majima. majima and heihachi <laughs> <laughs> that oh boy that's that's a turn based strategy game so you know maybe it's good i don't know but uh, getting back to Fire Emblem, uh, the other thing that reminds me of is also reminds me of Fire Emblem Fates, um, which is a bad, sin, a very bad thing. Where so far it seems like the character makeup of Engage has been royal, like noble characters and their two retainers, which is exactly what Fates did, where like most of your army was made up of royal family members and their two retainers, and so you're not really getting a great swath of characters that can do world building very well in this game because most half of their personality is they are you know in service to this noble the other half (laughs) and the other half of their personality is one over exaggerated character trait like the archer lady being obsessed with muscles and that's every single conversation she's going to have is going to be some kind of, like, muscles or fitness conversation. That's it. Which sucks. I like archers. I want to use them. But when they're written so badly, I don't want to use them. Yeah. Speaking of characters, uh, the character designs, they're they're really bad in my opinion. There's no other look, way to say it. It looks like Genshin Impact. It's worse than Genshin Impact, man. <laughs> like, I, I like my Fire Emblem characters designed like 90s anime not like 2020s anime uh or like i i wouldn't looked at a lot of older firearm characters and it's like yeah these character designs are very clean they're very they're like anime practical where they're not necessarily like the most practical like battle garb or whatever but the, uh, by anime standards they're pretty good whereas in engage like everybody's got completely over designed like way too many uh parts to their costume that are different. Like like the Argelay that I was saying before has, like, this, like, frilly, puffy half-dress that's like, goes down to her midriff, shows the midriff, because you gotta show the midriff, and then these, like, kind of, like, very fancy pants is, like, I don't think you could actually use a bow and arrow with sleeves that large. Like, I don't think that would actually work. And... Like just
2: really baggy sleeves, trying to use a bow and arrow.
0: Yeah, and that... <laughs> God, there were a few like the uh, the one the princess character as well. Just has like this like gigantic poofy dress. It's Like I know you're okay. You're a mage, so you get like a slight pass, but still, it's like these character designs are just too much. And then those weren't even the worst. Like I got to the thief character, and the thief character just has stars in their hair. And like,
2: mm, yeah, I think I've seen what? that one. And like, yeah. and
0: like a stars on their face and whatever, just like decals or whatever. Yeah. It's like, well, why are these here? And,
2: and, and, and they've all also got like casual outfits as well that look really modern. Don't yeah, they? really modern and out yeah. of place, considering Those that this is really a,
0: weird. you know magic and fantasy basis. Yeah. Like, why are why are these why are these characters in like gym clothes that you know I expect to see today? Uh, and then of course I got to the part where I quit at, I literally like saw a character design set and press the home button to shut down the console. Uh, it was uh, like a Pegasus Knight character in chapter seven. I think it was, it was one of the princesses of the, a different region. And they just straight up had a heart next to one of their eyes and introduced themselves like, uh, like a pop idol. I'm like, okay, no, I'm done. I'm just done here. Cause like, and like, I'm okay with, anime ass characters in games where that makes sense it does like, not
2: make sense here yeah
0: well, like and it's,
1: it's not it's not that they're it's not that it's like anime or it's not really about it that, is the stat- it really is <laughs> like no but like the problem is that it does not fit a fantasy sort of medieval-ish setting right like the the, the clothing choices make no sense in the context of like what this world is supposed to be? Like what Fire Emblem is? Why why is a track like why is a track suit in the game? I, I don't know. A tracksuit but. should not be in a fantasy game. It just like it is it's nonsensical. Like are I they think... using
2: leftover like outfit designs from Tokyo Mirage Sessions? Honestly, it looks
1: <laughs> uh, no, no no, that's too good. These are leftover designs from a Pokemon game.
0: But like, in, in terms of char- character writing as well, though, like I'm fine with characters ha- being like very over-exaggerated and don't quite fit the world that they're in, if it makes sense. Like, like the Phoenix Wright games, there's a lot of completely out-there characters that are completely unrealistic. But it makes sense because a large portion of that game is comedy. So all yeah. these over-exaggerated characters make sense. In AI The Somnium Files... There's some character designs that rival those of, of Fire Emblem Engage in terms of how like much they are, and how like <laughs> I, I I I I'm kind of sounding like a prude here, but like needlessly revealing, <laughs> uh, they are. But it makes sense in that game because of the tone that that game uh sets. Like it's you know <laughs> this weird like edgy cybercrime th- kind of thing. It's not you know magic and dragons yeah so well, i
1: i thought it was actually kind of uh, amusing but one of the uh, artists that was like in charge of a lot of these character designs is actually well known for designing vtubers see yeah and, that makes all the
0: sense in the world
1: like i think it 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 kind of explains obviously why some of the designs yeah. look the way they are but the thing is yeah, that that's not... If those like, designs not were on the-
0: VTubers, I would be fine with that because that's VTubing. Like, that yeah. makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, you know, just even the, like, core concept of, you know, presenting content on the internet is like, okay, yeah, if you're flashy, that's good. That's eye-catching. But not for this, man. Not for this. Like, may- maybe they they saw, like, three houses and the fact that... half. For half the game, all the characters were just in school uniforms, and we're like, no, nah, this is too boring. We gotta we got to overcorrect. Yeah. Which, speaking of which, um, the team that did Fire Emblem Engage actually, like, largely isn't the team that did Three Houses. It's largely the team that worked on Fates. Apparently, I didn't know this at the time, but Three Houses was lar- largely uh, shopped out to Koei Tecmo. Which makes a lot of sense, because I have problems with uh, three houses, but I think Three Houses is a fine game because they tried new things in a way that made sense, like the kind of I don't want to say persona-esque, but like dating sims, like time management management stuff, where like there's weeks and you interact with the characters in your army every week and pay like extra attention to some to raise their like weapon ranks and stuff like that. And having to choose like okay do i want to go on a skirmish battle or do i want to uh do any other number of activities like that made sense <laughs> like that, that yeah. that's an interesting mechanical change that they could make because it and doesn't it doesn't clash with the core tactical conceits that fire emblem has had
1: for 20 years no and i think also it it actually there's there's hints of like things that would be like that actually in some of the previous games right like some of the previous games you know you can have support conversations between battles for example that ranks those up and there's like an armory that like you sometimes feel like you should be able to train in between battles but you can't so like it's sort of like a progression that is very it's very like yeah this is a this is a clear kind of addition right and also it yeah. makes sense in the context of the world, right? Like, you know, sometimes we have these characters in Fire Emblem and it's just like, oh, yeah, you know, this is like just some random kid that we picked up in the village. And he becomes an expert, like he becomes an expert, sword wielding, spear wielding hero in these battles. But it's like, well, where where did he have the time? But And of course, the characters talk about training in, in between missions sometimes, but, but you don't see it. It's not part of the game. No, It's just there as like an implied thing that happens. But making that part of the gameplay can, I think, be that that can make sense, right? Especially if it comes with the sort of classic trade-offs in Fire Emblem of like, OK, well, you know, you can do these, but not for everyone, because that that adds right. sort of choice in terms of how you're actually training your army, which is already something that Fire Emblem puts on you is like, you know, you have to choose which characters you want to level up which characters you want to promote that kind of thing yeah
0: like it It three hells added that kind of layer of like meta strategy to the to the larger progression of the game that i think would have worked much better had it not been a game that uh revolves around having three or actually four separate routes because that's just that was a lot of busy work in between missions like I put way too much time into that game, just clearing out two routes, just because there was so much to do in between missions, and I wanted to do all of it because it was there, not because not necessarily right. because it was like particularly engaging, but I felt like I was missing out if I wasn't doing it, because it was a limited resource, right?
1: Yeah.
2: Just three. Hu- I assume three houses has a permadeath mode.
0: Uh yes, there's a permadeath option.
2: And you're playing the role of their teacher, right? Yes. Those field trips can go real bad.
1: <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Listen, you don't yeah. want to know what happened to Miss Frizzle's last class.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Carlos got eaten by a livern. <laughs> and then they, they shot an ICBM at the at the Pope. I'm not joking. That happens if, in three houses. Three Houses goes a, in a very odd direction that what? is very very bad. Basically like there's this you know it's a, it's this kind of a standard like fantasy trope of like the ancient civilization that has been lost to time. Right. Except this ancient civilization just has like robots and nukes.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah.
0: And you and there's a, a particular level where you like fight robots and the music is dubstepy.
1: It's really They got,
2: it, they got any uh, ancient flying balloons from an eastern continent?
1: <laughs> See, I'm not going to lie. I w- I'm not going to lie. I was almost wondering if if Fire Emblem Engage ha- was trying to do something like that in the background. Just because there were so many things in it, even from the brief time that I was watching you stream it, that just seemed like weirdly, weirdly modern.
0: Maybe. But I don't I, know. I don't like, know. I mean there's a, a thousand year time gap that they introduce you to immediately. I know another another thing that's a, like exactly like awakening is that oh there's these like weird, kind of corrupted enemies that are like causing terror in the area, but we're not gonna put the assets in to make unique enemy units for that, so they're just, you know, the same kind of character class that you've been fighting this in every other mission. Which is a bummer. Like Fire Emblem Eight added monsters, they uh, to fight, and that was that was interesting. That was a good change that they did for that one game, and never further. Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. You know one one other thing that I I was sort of thinking about this earlier, but that I find kind of interesting is that they keep doing these, they keep doing stuff where they're like bringing back old characters, but then they they just they 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 throw the plot into like weird contortions. I'm kind of surprised that they haven't tried doing something more like uh, the Zelda series does where like, you always have link, but it's technically not the same link. And sometimes there's vague things about how like, Oh, well, you know, there was a hero a long time ago. And then now there's these traditions and then, you know, you get the hero's clothes and then there it's, it's, you know, you're, a new character and the world says that you're a new character but for the fans it's the same character. And it feels like they could very easily do something like that in the Fire Emblem series where it's like yeah, there's a royal family. We have the Fire Emblem. We name every we name every generations like uh royal children after these heroes of past heroes of old, which of course is a common thing that actual royal families do as well, which is why there's like how how many King Louis are there like fifteen <laughs> a lot <laughs> um and so you know I feel like you could easily just like have Marth again except it's just a different marth and they're named after the old hero of old marth but and the character design is basically Marth, but the plot is like, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a different character. But yeah, then... they've, they've done that once with Lucina
0: yeah. Yeah. being Marth they, for a portion of that game. They, so they like, kind of yeah, did could, it, yeah. They could like do that more.
1: I'm surprised they don't lean into it more just because instead they're doing other, like, even weirder contrivances to get old characters in the game. Mm-hmm.
0: Like I, I honestly wouldn't mind some kind of like Fire Emblem All Stars, where it's it's like Fire Emblem Heroes or Fire Emblem Wars That it just takes those characters from those other games and puts them into a proper Fire Emblem game because I haven't really done that yet. Fire Emblem Heroes was an extremely stripped down version, but like if they did that with a proper Fire Emblem game, I'd be into that. Pro- maybe mostly because like seeing you know the character interactions from all these different characters might be interesting because those old characters are written well.
1: Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like, like, I
0: pine for the days of uh, Fire Emblem Nine and Ten, uh, aka the Ike ones, because those games actually had a, actually had pretty solid plots. Like I know you're saying, like nobody comes to Fire Emblem for the story, but like those games actually like were interesting and dealt with different issues interestingly.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it can't be written well. I would, I mean. Uh, a game with a good story is better. I just yeah, don't think the, that's...
0: The, like the game just needs to be more grounded. Yeah, in it needs to be more grounded in the setting that it's trying to do, or it needs to be more ridiculous on the outskirts. Like instead of like introducing immediately this like oh this world ending threat is being like summoned again, like maybe like have your characters be like just the your initial characters be like some random group of travelers like it doesn't have to be anybody like super crazy like some noble or some like dragon or something like that just make your make your starting party some kooky adventures and then set the tone from there but, yeah
1: i mean that's I <laughs> i feel like the fire emblem sort of there's just like a trope that it's always a royal family and they, they seem unwilling to break with that. No, Ike's, need- Ike's
0: not a royal. Ike's a commoner.
1: Oh, he's not? Okay. No. I haven't... The, the Ike He fight for his friend.
2: friends. He does fight for his friends. It's true. You also don't need to drop a bunch of shit right at the start. You can build it slowly.
1: Yeah, that's what actually yeah. really, really mm-hmm. annoyed me when, uh, yeah, you were streaming the intro is like they specifically were like just calling out weird weirdly like early stuff that they usually have that they usually talk about later like a character is a dragon there's all like in terms of the modern fire emblem games i feel like they all have a character that's a dragon you don't normally learn that that character is a dragon even until after you've had the character for a while sometimes yeah. uh whereas this what this one they're just like intro intro cutscene you're a dragon mm-hmm. you're a wizard or a wizard,
2: <laughs> Like uh, I haven't played Fates, but how long before you realize the main character there is a dragon?
0: Three chapters, I think. It's very quick.
1: Is it... okay. It's still, still not immediate. That's still better than the <laughs> intro cutscene that also talk, uh, like tries to establish everything else about the plot. Oh yeah.
2: Like that's and, a, and oh, it's just it,
1: unnecessary. It's just unnecessary. You don't need to. You don't need to share every single detail about the entire plot and world in one cutscene it's it doesn't even it's bad it's bad storytelling it's bad pacing it's ridiculous it doesn't makes it doesn't actually make sense because then you have this stupid amnesia plot again like which is they're bad
0: and they they also speaking of bad pacing they the intro to this the intro tutorial to this game is a flash forward just like Awakenings was. Where, you know, you're, you, you're it's your character fighting the big evil guy in a scripted tutorial battle. Right. With, with a cutscene that shows another couple characters that look really stupid. Uh, yeah, it, the entire thing top to bottom is just, like, it makes me sad. It really does. Like, at this point, I think Fire Emblem might just be a dead franchise to me. Because it's been on such rocky legs for so long that I'm, I I have zero confidence that they will return to what I think good Fire Emblem is because I don't think they know what good Fire Emblem is because they keep taking elements away from it. Yeah. Which is a bit sad. Which is weird. Like the best Fire Emblem game of the last like 10 years was the Gotcha game. Okay, it's a bad
2: sign. <laughs> and I guess I don't even know what good fire emblem is because I've only played awakening. Awakening was fine if fine. you
0: if if you if you didn't interact with that like paramechanic. mechanic. If you just used oh, the use as oh well, if you just use <laughs> the use as as it was, it was a fine game. It was just some boring maps and the characters in that game like. Some of them were bad, but here's the thing, in Awakening, your the characters that you had access to were from a variety of different uh, you know, places and upbringings or weren't just, you know, inexorably linked to these royal family members. So they actually had backstories of personalities that, through the support conversations, somewhat fleshed out the world. Instead of something like Fates where there are two countries <laughs> they don't like each other. They fight. And then, and then they literally, and then in the DLC, is completely based around the old expression, "If all your friends jumped off of a bridge, bridge would you as well?" There's literally a point where there's a bridge, and in what? the what? over a bottomless pit, and at the bottom of the bottomless pit is a portal to another another dimension, but the. A uh, character that knows about that, and your main character, uh, they only know about because they get transported there and then make their way back. If they speak of that alternate dimension to anybody, they will be disappeared, basically. <sighs> Which, that that's only ever said in the plot, it's never demonstrated, so you don't even know if that's true. But then you get to a point where it's like, okay, the real bad guy's in this alt is is at the bottom of this pit. You have to trust me on this one. We all got to jump off this bridge. And then they all jump off the bridge. What? Fates is the worst game I've ever played. <laughs> all right. <laughs>
2: Not just the worst Fire uh... Emblem?
0: No, it's it's legitimately, the I think, the, the worst game that I've ever played that brings itself to a certain standard of being a game. Like, I'm sure I played something in some horrible Ness. ROM dump collection that's actually worse that i wasn't able to figure out but in terms of just like this game does everything this game does a lot of things and all of them are bad
1: i can't remember did you did you talk about this when we were doing our our terrible games episode
0: yes i mentioned that then okay. that it was the worst good My i'm, least just, favorite mi- game, I'm yeah. just
1: i'm just making sure we're consistent here
0: oh yeah i'm always consistent hmm I've never changed my mind. Ever. <laughs> no amount of showing me uh, the capital cities album on vinyl will ever get me to change my mind on a hard fact. <laughs> <laughs> Saying like I don't understand vinyl in this day and age. Who gives a shit? It's like oh damn, I understand now. This album's dope. Uh, do I even have anything else to talk about with this game?
2: I mean, I, I saw some of the uh, support conversations, and those are not well written. No, again, it's
0: just like <laughs> it's just like one character trait talking to other character trait, not one character talking to other character. Like it's they
2: like at least in Awakening, it felt like it was actually a character talking to another. It didn't feel like trait versus trait.
0: Yeah, like there were some characters that were just like one character trait entirely but it's fine if that's a portion of your characters for example sane in fire emblem 7 his most of his entire character is just hitting on ladies and getting shut down which is fine because he's one of like three characters in that game that have one personality trait and he's played up for laughs laughs the entire time so again that's fine but like it's 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 really annoying like playing a bunch of character-driven games with well-written characters, and then going to this, and I was just like, these... Oh, God. <laughs> I could write better characters than this, probably. <laughs> and if I can write something better than, better than, like, professionals putting out games, like, something's wrong here, because I'm not a good writer.
1: <laughs> Get ready for Flame Jewelry, coming soon. <laughs> flame Crest. Th- there we go. i thought about making it... A-
0: I've thought about, like, it would be very easy to make a Fire Emblem ripoff. Like, I know the mechanics, like, front to back. I know the damage formulas and hit percentage formulas, like, in my head. Like, I could just
1: do it. It's also, (laughs) actually, like, it's a fairly, mechanically, you know, the game is really not too hard to make. Just 2D. Like, the art assets, you could, the art art assets are actually relatively cheap as far as art assets go. Because it's all 2D. Just get some pixel artists to help out. Yeah. Flame Crest. The Fire <laughs> Emblem rip off. Yep. Water badge. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Legally distinct.
1: Uh yeah. Hey, listen, if if Bug Fables can make Paper Mario.
0: Yeah, if, bu- if Bug Fables can rip off Nintendo that hard, I can rip off Nintendo that hard. Yeah. <laughs> I just got to replace Okay, Bug Tactics. Let's go.
2: Bug, <laughs> bug In- tactics. Insect Tactics. Mmm. Mm. mm. Insectactics, <laughs> one word.
0: <laughs> Terrible, but in terms of what I've been playing, uh, like that's the only like new thing I've been playing. I um, uh, and Alex, have been playing uh, a fair amount of Darktide. Uh, we've talked about that a little bit, but now we've got some, like, some max level characters. So I just think that game has issues, but I think the co- the core of it's solid. They just need to add more to it.
1: Yeah, the core the core is pretty good, but it definitely feels like it released a bit early. But yep. I feel like Very all games baked. I feel like all games are kind of half-baked when they release these days. Pretty commonly these days.
0: Multiplayer ones, yes, for yeah. sure. But like yeah, it, like it released with options in the menus that literally have a coming soon tag next to them.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like pretty rough. Yeah, pretty rough. And yeah, I, don't know. I we might we might make a Dark Tide specific episode. I don't think we've actually done that. We've only kind of talked about it on the GUIs a little bit.
0: Yeah, a little bit. But, uh, but I I I just don't have all that much to say about it.
1: I recommend it if you like 40k, like aesthetically, because that's I think what the game does best at. The game like does a really great job, like sort of just doing 40k, especially with like the level like the just like the look of the levels and the world architecture and and the yeah the architecture is perfect right and i think the sound design of the game is actually like really really good as well like surprisingly good there's not a lot of games where i'm like yeah and we talked about this i think in the GUIs, but the sound effects the sound effects are just killer a plasma gun (laughs) oh and the and the power sword so good
0: oh uh Alex, have, have you had any time to uh play games now that you're in, back in school i
1: yeah it's mostly been dark play anything and, new and n- not new no i played i've been trying to play noida which i haven't actually talked about much but sean has talked about noida a bit
0: on our second episode yeah yeah i, I think we're getting confused because he's talked about noida so much to us i don't think we actually talked about it all that much on the podcast
1: but you you, you, you've had
0: you've had some pretty crazy runs
1: pretty yeah i've had some pretty crazy runs it's a very very deep game actually um i didn't i didn't realize just how deep the game is because essentially it's just like arbitrary mechanics like you can chain mechanics together which is sort of very cool because you can just make total bullshit um there's like a bunch of stuff that players have discovered that the devs never, never intended, like oh, making, yeah. like making projectiles that last forever, and there's like wands. So there's like parallel worlds in the game where, I guess this is a spoiler, but like Noida's is so deep that if you didn't have spoilers, you could spend a thousand hours in the game and not fin- and not find everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, so there's like parallel worlds where basically the game world is actually copied like infinitely. So uh, it doesn't wrap, but if you get to the edge of the world and then dig, you actually get to a new, another version of it. And then if you go in the same direction again, you'll get to another version and another version. And it'll just keep doing that until the game crashes because like the world is trying to be rendered too large. (laughs) Um, And that's kind of interesting, but like, as you might imagine the game world is quite big but people have created wands that teleport between worlds which is <laughs> which was never intended and yeah, it, it's kind it, it's of it's, in, it kind it's it's totally insane to me that that you can do that with the mechanics yeah, in the game it's
0: it's the kind of like interesting emergent gameplay that comes when the developers design systems yeah <laughs> like deep systems without necessarily like an endpoint to them. It's like okay, you you have these tools, you can combine them in like a, these different basic ways, like a lot. Like some of those wands you can have, you can stack like what twenty different spells on them if if you have the mana. They have like twenty slots or something insane. Yeah,
1: something like twenty. I think the normal max is like twenty six. Uh, the theoretical maximum is, I believe, in the seventies, like seventy seven or something like that. Because, I don't know, that gets into very complex stuff that even I only barely know about. But the weird thing is, like, there's a bunch of mechanics that you can just break. And that's intentional. And it's weird. I don't understand. Like, there's some item, there's some items where it's like, or there's some perks where there's like, okay, you can get a ma There's a maximum of getting the perk five times. But then somehow you can, like, get around that. And it's it's unclear to me if some of that stuff is like bugs that the developers just embraced or if they meant for it. And they're the kind of developers that don't really want to say too much about it because it's the whole like point of the game is that like lore wise, it's a it's metaphorically. The game is is kind of like about discovery, like in a very sort of literary sense like the idea of the game is about discovery and this is like there's a bunch of like weird stuff around like finnish kind of lore like finnish mythology that Mm -hmm. the game draws on and 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 so there's like there's a lot of very very just really like you would never figure that kind of stuff out but like it's it's very complex sort of uh, metaphors that they're going for uh, and so that yeah they don't really want to explain and then also yeah it's like they made systems the systems have a whole bunch of really really weird emergent gameplay that is really cool like I, I had a I had a run the other day where I transmuted one material in the world into another and it was it was like I turned smoke into peat and what this ended up doing is that somehow when something was smoke when something was on fire uh the smoke would turn into peat and then when peat's on fire it somehow seemed to turn into like swamp or water or something and then it would turn into water eventually after burning and but then that creates more smoke and so the end result is that the entire world was slowly filling with water which is very weird um, but it was filling with water where the surface of the water is constantly on fire. And so it's just such a weird sort of uh thing to happen. And luckily I got a I got a perk, which gave me like infinite breathing, uh called breathless, so I didn't I could breathe underwater. And so it was actually a really cool, really cool run. I ended up dying. I killed myself with my own wand because it's noida. Yep. <laughs> I was trying to build a powerful boss killing wand that I killed myself with.
0: Well, I guess it's you were e- just a powerful boss.
1: I was. It's, e- it's either that or you get polymorphed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other, yeah, yeah. There was another like there was like an absolute god run I had going on. I was in parallel. I was in a parallel world, and then I just I just got polymorphed and died like an idiot. It was, it was ridiculous. But anyway, yeah, no- Noid is really cool, and uh, it's definitely a game that you can spend an immense amount of time with. I I think I already have like 100 hours in it, probably.
0: <laughs> Saying nothing of some people you know.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I've already got 132 hours in it. And I only started Jeez. playing it like in December. <laughs> and I'm right. like basically still a beginner. I haven't even beaten the game. I haven't even beaten the final boss yet. It's ridiculous. Well, I mean... <laughs> I've had How much, runs how where much I...
0: time does Sean put into it, and he hasn't beaten
1: the final boss yet? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I, I, I probably have. to well, had... fair
0: you and him play it like fairly differently. It seems like Sean tries to, you know, progress a lot. Like you tend to like just explore everything in the your immediate surroundings before you move on. Yeah.
1: I mean, the thing is, I've had runs where I probably could have killed the final boss, and instead I started, like, I got so powerful, I'm like, nah, I want to go, like, I want to go explore some of this side shit, and then I die, because I got greedy to try and explore all this other stuff. <laughs> I checked Steam, Sean has 957
2: hours. Oh my goodness. Nice.
1: I, he does leave the game open overnight. Like he does. some kind of he crazy does. person sometimes,
0: though, so. All right, well, so, anything else,
2: Alex? Nah. Nah, I'm good. Alright, well. Matt,
0: have you been uh setting your sights on anything recently?
2: Uh quite a few things actually. Um so after uh our GUIs I did wrap up Resident Evil 2. Nice. Um nice. I think I've talked about that enough, but I really enjoyed the game. Um after that I played Bastion. Oh nice. Oh,
0: nice. How did you find it?
2: Um very good, but I think it suffers a little from playing it after Transistor and Hades. <laughs> well, I mean... You can definitely tell it's uh, their their earliest work, but it's still very good.
1: Yeah, that's one thing yeah. I noticed, is that I it was funny because I remember I held off on Transistor until after I had played Bastion, and I remember Santa was telling me, like, no, it's fine, it's unrelated, you can play it, but I'm glad I played Bastion first because I... I definitely noticed that too. I, I find that Bastion is a bit clunkier in mechanically.
0: Really, I, I thought the combat in Bastion did work very, very well. I did really enjoy it. I don't necessarily think that my perception of it was tainted because I played Transistor first. And I think that's you know, the point I was getting at. Is that I think they're different enough that I didn't like regret playing one yeah. before the other. Yeah, maybe, maybe, enough. maybe if. Uh, i played it after hades i might have felt a little bit differently because those are both action games but
1: i yeah i mean i
0: since i've played
1: either i mean i didn't play obviously i, I played uh, i just played them in release order so yeah <laughs> but yeah the um it also might just be that the style of combat i didn't like as much yeah
2: um, now I, I did, I did enjoy it enough to actually play it through again on new game plus yeah just to, uh, max, do it, do another playthrough and max out all the weapons and see both,
1: uh, both possible endings.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Nice, I mean, nice. I'm not, I'm not saying Bastion's a bad game. Oh no, no, but, it's not. But, but Transistor is an absolutely incredible game. But yeah. Uh, aside from Bastion,
2: um, I played super hot VR. Ooh nice um punched my wall a couple times on accent.
1: <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> yeah i can see that <laughs> um i don't i've got a decent size space for vr but it's still not quite enough <laughs> um but no that was uh that was fun uh, super hot vr uh really fun um i still haven't played uh just regular super hot um because i hear they're entirely different games but that game works really well for vr yeah
1: yeah it's a really cool idea in vr um like there's there's, also... there's not like there's not actually a ton of vr games that i've really enjoyed but super hot vr is definitely one of them
2: yeah um but i mean aside from that like i've also just beat saber has been my go-to since getting the uh, headset um, Beat Saber is always
1: fun. I Beat Saber, I, I still I think Beat Saber is the killer app for uh, VR still, to yeah. be honest. Um, but aside from that, I
2: also played Sonic 1 CD and 2.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. <sighs> you were streaming that a little bit the other day.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, not much to say about those. Those are classic uh, 2D Sonic games. I've been having a blast with them. Um, and the anniversary mode for them in Origins, uh, pretty much, it eliminates lives. Oh, that's good. And so it, it's pretty easy to just get through those games. And there's also, they add a new currency to the game, coins, which you can collect some from boxes in the levels. But there's also some uh, challenge missions that'll reward you with coins. And these coins can be used to either unlock stuff in the gal- in the gallery... Or to retry
1: the special stages for the Emeralds. Hmm. Oh, interesting.
0: I can't believe you're collecting coins in a Sonic game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't
1: know what they were thinking. <laughs>
2: um, yeah, I still have uh, Three and Knuckles to go through, but I have been enjoying those. Um, I also played Zone of the Enders. Uh, yeah, I boot up my, that was, I boot a, up my that was PS3 a surprise to me. But <laughs> um, it, it was it's just a quick, uh, it's only a couple hours. It's not a very long game. Um, and I think the sequel's the same. They're not very long games. Uh, but playing it, uh, there's a lot of parallels between, like, the original Gundam. Uh, just, your home colony comes under attack, you stumble upon a mech, you take said mech, you start fighting. Um except uh particles (laughs) um but uh not quite the probably the worst part is the character you're playing as he's uh kind of whiny
0: oh really now yeah (laughs) is he also a teenager
2: uh
1: i'd probably say preteen jesus <laughs> listen, listen, everyone knows that the more whiny the pilot of the mech, the more powerful the mech is in battle. Yes.
2: <laughs> but, uh. Get in the robot, uh, Shinji. For a PS2, old PS2 game, that, uh. I, I enjoyed it. Uh. Combat's, uh. Interesting. And I, I hear the second one's a lot better. I hear a lot of people saying you can just skip the first one. But I don't do that. That's not me. <laughs> I, I, I mean, if you say it was only a couple hours long, like, yeah, why skip it then? That's not that long. Yeah, so I'll probably play the second one at some point here. I'll, I'm probably just waiting for the, I'm just waiting for the Steam version to go on sale, which that version actually does have VR support. What?
1: Huh? Yeah, wow. I don't, I, I don't know. Is that? But does it just show you a scratch screen in VR? <laughs> you play the game. Watch the T watch the T V in VR that the game is played on. I,
2: I think it gives you a cockpit view. Oh, plus uh, that's another thing. The thing about the mechs in this game. Literal cockpits. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um but I, I think it gives I think VR it gives you a cockpit view, but also picture in picture third person.
0: <laughs> oh boy. What? <laughs> I, that I, sounds I, like I that could be disorienting.
2: I, I don't know that I'd even want to play that one in, in, in VR. <laughs> I, I, just want to,
1: I, I think I just want to play that normally. Now I'm just like, ima- okay, no. Now I'm just thinking, like, imagine in real life having a drone follow you around, and then you're wearing, like, VR goggles to pilot yourself in the third person. Through, I mean pe- people have uh people have done that. There well, are sure pe- videos of I'm people sure, doing that. I'm sure people uh, have done that. I-, I think
2: the uh probably the most disorienting looking one I've seen was they set it up 2D like you were playing a side scroller, but you yourself are the character.
0: Yeah. And that just looks impossible. <laughs> like you're seeing your world from the side view. <laughs> wow.
2: At- Oh. The, the, they someone also tried a uh, third person driving in real life.
0: Oh no, <laughs> I crash. He's so fast, I crash. <laughs>
1: uh, nah, see, yeah, nah, you gotta, you gotta try that second person driving.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> drive there was from the <laughs> rear, the rear camera of the car in front of me. Yeah, yeah. There was that
1: one <laughs> game that did that. So weird. I didn't actually play it, but I watched a YouTube video about it, and I was like, what the fuck are they doing in this game?
2: Uh, but next, there's only really... Or well, Next, I also... One of my New Year's Resolutions games on the GUIs was to play through more of the Yakuza series. Yep. I just started from the beginning again because Zero's so good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> God damn it
2: so i i think i'm just gonna have the yakuza series as a constant just if nothing else that i'm playing at that time i'm like necessarily interested in playing right right now i'll just play some more yakuza (laughs) um uh but oh i i did also try a uh fighting game i tried Uh, out a little bit of them's fighting herds
0: oh right that game
2: Nice. Uh, Yeah, this uh, this started out as a fan made My Little Little Pony Pony game. game. Oh God, what? (laughs) Um, But then Hasbro stepped in and said no,
0: as Hasbro's want to do. (laughs) So it evolved.
2: So it evolved into its own thing that actually uses the Skullgirls engine. Yeah. Uh, And playing, I I found a character that I I I like. Uh, how they played? Uh, they're a goat pirate. <laughs> oh, okay. Awesome. And it it feels really good. They're, you can tell that they put a lot of uh, love and care into this game. Like it, like aesthetically, it's not necessarily my thing, but it feels it, it feels good to play, and it was free on Epic. <laughs> oh, so. there we go. What? What
0: was it free? Fuck, I, I
2: think I missed uh, that one. It, my, I think it was during December when they were doing the different daily games. Oh, you
0: know what? Yeah. Like, there were a few days there where I was away from my computer. <laughs> In very cold weather.
2: Right. Yeah, I think I claimed it through via my phone at yeah. that time. <laughs> um, one, one, one other thing is... um, I don't know if you guys uh, saw anything about the... Uh, Microsoft little game showcase they had last week?
0: Uh, I got a couple highlights from it, but I didn't watch the entire thing.
2: Yeah, um, I've I've been playing Hi-Fi Rush, the game that they just decided to shadow drop there, announce and say, hey, it's available today, too, by the way. Yeah, how is that? Um, it's really fun. It's a character action game. But it's rhythm based as well. Uh, so everything in the game happens on the beat. Uh, enemy attacks, uh, your attacks. Uh, so like you know, no matter when you hit attack, your attack will come out on the beat. But if you hit attack on the beat, uh, you, it's more powerful. You're, you're rewarded for doing everything on the beat, right? Um, and it's a very good looking game as well. Uh, the art style they went with. And it uh, it transitions well from their 2D cutscenes to the 3D in-game uh, models. Uh, but I think uh, one of my favorite things is the company you're fighting in this game. So, so the game starts with uh, you're part of a test group to get... Uh, basically robotic, uh, limbs and stuff. Okay. And, uh, on accident, your iPod ends up embedded in your chest. And so that's why things are just the way they are. The world's moving to the beat now. Oh man. Um, so you're going after... So, hope
0: they don't put on some brake core. <laughs> kind of stop, you'll have a heart attack.
2: <laughs> So basically, you're talked into you're, by another character. You're talked into taking down the CEOs of, I believe it's Vandalay Robotics. Really? Uh,
0: oh my god. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, but uh, no, the the game it's it's very fun. It's it's written well. Like it's very jokey, but they they land nicely. I've, I haven't played too much, but it, it's really fun, and everyone, like so many people, have been impressed by this game, like and just like the quality of it being shadow dropped. Um, so, so it's 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 made by, uh, I believe it's Tango GameWorks, which is the studio behind the Evil Within games and more recently, uh, oh, what's it called? Ghostwire Tokyo.
0: That's a... Uh, that's a tonal shift, I'll say.
2: So yeah, uh, the executive producer on this game is Shinji Mikami. Oh, nice. Is yeah, one of yeah. the founders of Platinum and also worked on a lot of the... Like, early Resident Evil and Devil May Cry back at Capcom. Yeah. Uh, so it... It's a... Uh, It's definitely got, it's definitely got quality, and...
0: Got a pedigree behind it, yeah.
2: Like, it it was Shadow Dropped, it's, it's a complete game at half price.
0: Yeah, that's surprising (laughs) to me, like, when I, I I only heard, like, glimpse like, a little bit of the description, and whatever, and the fact that it was Shadow Dropped, I just assumed it was some kind of free-to-play multiplayer game, (laughs) but no, it's like, it's, it seems like it's legit.
2: Uh, yeah, but it, it, like, it's, it's very weird to see this coming out of the studio behind Evil Within and Ghostwire Tokyo. Just as you said, such a tonal shift, but it makes sense. And well, with how well it's performing, maybe, uh, maybe they'll make more stuff like this. I, I think the weirdest thing is seeing published by Bethesda.
0: Well, I mean, <laughs> you know,
2: it's it's a, it's that that Microsoft umbrella. Yeah, but. Yeah, uh, and so it's actually got some licensed music in it, and I've heard some people saying that uh, if you turn streamer mode on, in some cases, the original music made for certain boss fights is actually better than the licensed music used. Wow. Huh. <laughs> Get him. But yeah, it's uh, it, it it it's tough. Like, I'm not super good at rhythm games. I enjoy them, but. Uh, it, it definitely, when I am on beat, it definitely feels rewarding. Like, for example, your dodge, if you're not on beat, you only get to dodge once. If you dodge on beat, you can do a triple dodge. Cool. Hmm. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to playing some more of that. Are, are um, there,
0: are there like BPM changes? Like, or is the um, beat just constant throughout?
2: I feel like there has to be, because... It, it, maybe it was from when I went from one level to another, but I also lowered it from very hard to hard.
0: Ah, uh, okay. Um,
2: because so so the difficulty actually uh, the higher difficulties actually decrease the timing window. Right. But despite going down in difficulty, I was I actually felt like I was hitting on beat less. So there must have been a BPM change in that level.
0: Okay. Cool. Interesting.
2: Uh, but the other thing I've been playing a lot of that I've been surprisingly hooked on, I've only been playing it for like a week here, is Marvel Snap.
0: Oh no, they is got that, to you too? is
1: that the gacha card game?
2: Uh Gacha, no, not really. Uh, you're guaranteed a large amount of cards just from playing. Um, I'm not going to put any money into this
1: game, but... Uh, I've I've been having a lot of fun with it. It's free to play, card based. Yeah. I just assume it's a gotcha.
0: Well, I mean, it, I'd probably classify it as a gotcha. Magic: The Gathering is a gotcha game. Like, if enough of the like, I say even if some of the like card collecting part of it is random, it's a gotcha
2: game. <laughs> uh, I, I I think the order you get them in is random but there is there there's a decent there's a large amount of cards that you're guaranteed to get right and um I'm not, I'm not too sure how it works higher up but there are some cards that are locked into the season pass but i think once the season ends um as you get higher up after unlocking more and more cards i think you have a small chance at getting those season pass cards. But. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm probably not going to drop any money on it. But I'm just. Uh, I'm enjoying the loop of the game. It's. Uh, so games are very short. Yeah. Uh, it's. Uh, so basically. It, you, you're you only building a 12 card deck. And. There's only six turns in a game. So. Starting with your hand of Three you're only using assuming you don't have anything that'll let you draw more cards you're only using nine you're only getting nine of the cards in your 12 card deck and there's no duplicates right uh but so, so the, the way there's it works
0: a decent amount of consistency to that then
2: yeah um, uh so and I you can pretty easily pull some some
1: stuff off consistently i've read some other stuff about the game how like there are certain cards that are, if they're in your deck, they're guaranteed to come in on a certain turn.
2: Yeah, like um, Quicksilver is guaranteed to be a turn one drop. Oh, that's good. (laughs) And I think right now I have America Chavez in my deck, which is a guaranteed turn six drop. So the way it works is you have three locations on the board, and so each, each location is revealed on the first, second and third turn and they can all each have a different modifier that changes how that location works. Or maybe you just draw a card or maybe there's a seventh turn that game. Uh, it, it, each space changes things up. Like, uh, if there's more than one card here, destroy all cards. Huh? Um, so, so the space, space modifiers really change it, but, so the way it works is to win, you need, you need to control majority, the majority of the spaces at the end. Right. So at the end of turn six, and so each of your cards have a cost and a power, and the power of those cards increase your total on the space. So if you, your number's higher at the end, you, you, you win that space. Okay, but, so right now, I'm actually running a uh, discard deck, and there's some pretty good synergies in there. Uh, so, for example, Blade is a turn one drop, or, or it's a one-cost drop, and it's... But he has three power, so his ability is, when you play him, you have to discard a card from your hand. Now, the discard is random, no. but if there are some cards that trigger from being discarded, for example, Wolverine, if Wolverine's (laughs) discarded or destroyed, he regenerates at a random location with plus two power. (laughs) All right. Um, but like another one I'm using, uh, Lady Sif. Uh, I believe she's a three drop. Uh, and, she her her disc her ability discard the highest cost card in your hand if i have onslaught in my hand onslaught's gone onslaught returns to my hand with plus four power (laughs) because onslaught's a six drop so um yeah you can build some pretty good synergies there like i like uh i also like having squirrel girl in my deck
0: oh god i can only imagine what she does (laughs) Canonically, so Girl- the most powerful.
2: <laughs> She's the most powerful
1: <laughs> card in the game, obviously. Yeah.
2: Squirrel Girl's a uh, a one power drop with or uh, one cost drop with one power. Her ability puts a one one squirrel token at uh, each other location.
0: It's <laughs> a mob the um, board.
2: Yeah, but then I combine that with say, I'll play a turn two Wolverine. And then on that space on my next turn, say I throw down Carnage, who destroys all cards at that location, but you get plus, but he gets plus two for each card destroyed there, so that's plus four for killing the squirrel and Wolverine. But then Wolverine regenerates somewhere with plus two power.
0: Right. Yeah. So this, it sounds like some, some cool synergies. Uh, I'm scared. You're 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 tempting ah. me here. <laughs> <It's> tempting him. <laughs> I, I haven't Don't played a phone it. game in actually a fair a fairly long amount of time. I I think I've been off phone games for maybe like five six months now. It's like well maybe maybe
2: <laughs> they, they did just recently add the ability to play with friends.
0: <laughs> oh,
2: there we go. Um, it is also on Steam in early access, and it's basically just. Phone emulation, <laughs> yeah. At the enough. moment,
1: <laughs> I mean you can. Uh, I mean you can. <laughs> that's kind of funny, but yeah, you can just like run your Android emulator. So that makes yeah.
2: sense. Yeah. As I said, I've only been playing it for about a week, and I think the current season ends in just a couple days. And I played enough to it. it it's really easy to max out. <laughs> um, am I going to drop the fourteen dollars on the season pass though? No. Is there a pretty good card in there that reduces your 4-cost card's cost down to 2? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But for the moment, I am having a lot of fun with it. I can only imagine
0: how they'll power creep the hell out of it. (laughs) That's just the case with all these games.
2: Yep. But, yeah, no, matches are... They're quick. I take my commute on the bus just... uh, pull it up play a couple matches and i'm good
0: all right so shall we snap this podcast up Is that not that's not really what that means but okay uh, I, think <laughs> we
1: should, I think we should disengage the podcast
2: oh yeah we started by engaging it now we have to disengage it yeah
0: all right well uh as always, like we said at the start, you can get a hold of us at Deep at Outlook.com. On Twitter, at ThreeLevelsDeep. Uh, our YouTube channel, which you may or may not be watching this uh, podcast on, Three Levels Deep on YouTube. Uh, but, yeah, thanks for listening, and I hope that you enjoyed. I need a better outro. <laughs>
1: just start just start doing the just start doing the outro music like quick alex say paper mario a couple more times paper mario <laughs> paper mario paper mario